0: In the name of one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday in the season of Lent. In Western Christianity, we refer to this as Litare Sunday or Rejoice Sunday. Traditionally, it is a day of celebrating uh, within the period of prayer and fasting and almsgiving that are the season of Lent. You may know it as Mothering Sunday, as Rose Sunday, or Refreshment Sunday. Litare is considered a, a day of relaxation from the normal Lenten rigors, a day of hope with Easter at last within our sight, a day to pause and get some perspective on how things really are. For those of you who are counters, Litare Sunday is exactly 21 days before Easter Sunday. I'm not quite an obsessive counter, though I do have a penchant for numerically tracking moments of consequence. Last year, during the week of March 8th to March 15th, we were bracing for what would be beyond what most of us could imagine in so many ways. I look back at the flurry of emails back and forth from the staff where we were passing along um, links to articles that we were reading about the pandemic as it was unfolding around the world. Our Gary was in Italy. I had just returned from the Holy Land and All of a sudden, our preparations for Holy Week had turned into a high-speed pivoting of every aspect of how we functioned communally. By the time Laitare rolled around, we had closed the doors of our building and moved online. And even as we had not closed church, still, it was a pause and it didn't feel like a pause that refreshed. And today we hear the words of what most scholars consider to be the most concise expression of the Christian faith. Martin Luther referred to it as the gospel in miniature, indicating that it is at the very heart of our life as followers of Jesus. And that is, of course, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. There are so many pieces and parts of our beautiful and traditional liturgies and also our family album or what we call the Bible that have made their way into popular culture but few so much as the 16th verse of the third chapter of the Gospel according to John. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. When I was newly ordained, I kept every single sermon that I wrote, and they were neatly cataloged in the file cabinet. Yes, the file cabinet, the metal box where sermons used to go. And, and I arranged them by lectionary year, A, B, or C. And then within them, there were files that pointed to each one of the liturgical celebrations. And, you know, I, I remember thinking that I would just... um. Be able to pull these out and and I could uh, just insert some colorful new pop culture references or something that was a current affair of the day and maybe move the pieces and parts around and uh, and they would speak some newness and some refreshment into uh, my spirit and the lives of uh, the faith community that I found myself as a leader. Um, and, And so many years later I have to laugh at that because I realize that there are only two sermons that anyone wants to hear again. Neither should go over 10 minutes, and that's a baby was born and a rock was rolled away. And both of them end the exact same way, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. I have preached this passage a time or two in the last 15 years, and And looking back at my sermons, because yes, I I do still have them, I still reflect on them. I've gone down the same path every single time for God so loved. And this year, I really had a hard time wrapping my head around what is love and, and, and what is real. And that led me to a place of putting those two together and asking myself, what is real love? And all that led me to a place of thinking about love secondarily and about giving primarily. For God so loved that God gave. God gave. God is this giver. And God's primary identity over and over again kept coming back to me as God the giver. Finally, I thought, so simple. Why did God create the waters and the earth? Why did God create the moon and the stars and all that is in the sky? Because God gives. Because God is a giver. A giver of life why did God deliver God's people who were in captivity in Israel because God gives God is a giver a giver of hope and of freedom and of, of, of justice and uh, finally why why did God give God's son why did God give God's son Of course, so that everyone who believes in God may not perish but have eternal life. Of course. But also because God gives. God is a giver. A giver of grace and mercy and love. So if we are bearers of God's image, then I feel like I want to say that we're called to be that manifestation, and and maybe more than anything else, we're to be givers. At the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. in uh, 1994, Mother Teresa made this statement. This is the meaning of true love, to give until it hurts. (sighs) Giving until it hurts, it's a hard practice to follow. And in a time that has been and continues to be one of so much pain, I feel like I want to say instead, give out of whatever joy that you have in your heart as you're able, as a pure act of the Holy Spirit that is manifest in you. We all have something to give. We all have something to give. We're experiencing uh, what I'm finding to be a really peculiar time in this pandemic, beloveds. Some of us are experiencing joys, great joys of people and places and things that were lost and now they are being found again. Some of us are experiencing very deep sorrows because those things that those of us who have lost them have lost. Are people, deaths of family, deaths of friends, or sometimes employment, uh, or, or, or earnings, or relationships, or, or identity, or time. Some are being vaccinated, and some aren't even able to navigate the system that exploits those who were already most vulnerable. Some are experiencing that God is truly making all things new. And some of us are experiencing the same problems that existed before the pandemic, and now they're just exacerbated by too much grief. Some of us are experiencing relief from many of our anxieties and fears that developed during this long time of isolation. And some of us are having more fear now, wondering if our our newfound support systems will disappear, our social pods that have supported us, that have helped us to feel uh, a little less alone in the world. Were these real friendships? Were they real kindred spirits? Or were they more like John Hughes characters in The Breakfast Club that have just come together for a moment in time? It's not lost on this preacher that for every single one of us who is ecstatic about gathering physically in community this morning, there will be one of us who is wondering if reopening of the church building is going to leave us at home again, alone, without access to opportunities to worship in community. Anne Frank wrote that no one has ever become poor by giving. Winston Churchill wrote, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. And finally, Isabel Allende wrote, we only have what we give. My siblings, I implore you to give what I feel may be one of the very best gifts that we can give and also one of the very best gifts that we can receive. And it is a gift that God desires for us because God desires flourishing and wholeness for everyone. God desires healing of the woundedness in body, mind, and spirit. So I'm asking that we give and receive gifts of kindness and gentleness and understanding and forgiveness and generosity go easy on each other and go easy on yourselves it's a difficult time and this is one of the greatest gifts of love that God has gifted us that we can give to each other and as our presiding bishop Michael Curry says love God Love your neighbor, while you're at it, love yourself. As Christians, our story doesn't end here. Our story doesn't end with brokenness and divide and death and heartbreak. The pandemic has kind of caused many of us to to, to fold up or to become closed and in many ways uh, hidden away and bound and bound. For some of us this isn't new. Maybe you have felt this way long before the pandemic or you felt unaccepted or teased or or bullied or discounted or abused or forgotten. This time away has also provided some of us an opportunity to tap into the heart of a spiritual quest to know the truth of oneself in God, and to unfold all of those bound places, to remove the chains that have captured us, and to put down the armor and seek freedom and clarity. We are all in different paths. We are all on similar journeys. And we are all headed for the same destination. Give to each other the space to begin unraveling, processing, being, building, grieving, and rejoicing. God, the great giver, who has given us everything, everything to include. The ultimate sacrifice of God's Son on the cross is giving us this finite moment to pause, to refresh, to renew, and for those of us who are able to rejoice. Easter is coming, good people. Easter is coming.